Hey everybody, you're tuned in to another episode of the Flea Flicker Show. We are your hosts, Fred and Dre. We drop new episodes every Friday and Wednesday in the NFL season. Subscribe on YouTube wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at Flea Flicker Show. Dre, tell them what the fuck we got going on. Yeah, man, what's up? Uh, well, the divisional round is over, so we're going to go over those games. Um, some not great ones, some really fun ones, so we'll hit those. And then, of course, we're going to go over the conference championship games and uh, talk you through what we think about those games and who we think is going to be playing in the Super Bowl. It's going to be pretty fun. And, of course, we're also going to hit some – there's kind of a, a good amount of coaching news for the teams and the fans that uh, you know don't get to watch their teams play anymore. So we'll hit on that, too. But first, we have a guest, as you can see. Hankins, how are you, buddy? Good, how are you? Good old Rusty. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's hit some hires first. So the first thing that happened, like, basically right after we recorded our last one, the Raiders hired Antonio Pierce, who used to be the interim head coach there, and former Giants legend linebacker. So I love the hire, personally. Uh, Josh, what do you think? You got the Raiders gear on. Yeah, no, it's, that's a great hire. Um, it, it's bringing an energy and a swagger back to, to the Raiders. I think the Raiders have always been synonymous with that kind of grit and toughness in the league, and he brought that back. And the last time that they had an interim head coach, they didn't keep him with Rich Passaccia, and I think that, that took a toll on the team. It, it caused a lot of turmoil. They brought in McDaniels. That was a train wreck. But when you have the players that are begging for a guy to be retained after a strong finish to the season, dropping 63 points against the Chargers, a division rival, um, beating up on the Broncos and the Chiefs, he showed he can win in the division, and that's something that a lot of the coaches haven't been able to do. Um, even Especially against the Chiefs. Yeah. That was a great yeah, win. Are you sure you can beat those guys? I mean, somehow they're still alive in the playoff scene, but uh, I think it's a great hire. I, I mean, there's it. still some stains. They lost a game 3 nothing at one point during the season while he was the head coach. So it's it's all about who you surround yourself with. Um, they're talking about Kingsbury. I don't know if that's the best hire, but he was an offensive guru. People liked what he did. We'll see if Aiden O'Connell is, is the truth. We'll see if we stick with him or they'll bring in Jaden um, Heisman Trophy winner as the QB. That's who they're saying they're going to target in the draft if they go QB. So I love the hire, and it keeps Max Crosby happy because last time we had a premier def defensive end, they got rid of him and uh, didn't really do too much with the draft capital that they got from that trade. So I love it. I think it's a, it's a good move. We'll see if it's the right move, but um, I, I think it's the right stopgap for the time being, and hopefully we do a little bit better with our drafts with, with the new GM that they're going to bring in as well, or we may retain the current one. Yeah, I think it's a good hire too. Uh, speaking of the GM, yeah, the current one, Champ Kelly, I think he's currently the favorite. I heard that there's some a little turmoil between him and uh, they, they like the Colts assistant GM, Ed Dodds, too. So we'll see uh, we'll see who they pick between those guys. But, yeah, definitely a fan of Antonio Pierce hire, too. The, there's the a lot of chatter just with the Raiders this off. Um, so, like, they have Josh Jacobs as a free agent. Devonta Adams is on the Jets uh, riding that. But, I mean, Adams was pushing for Pierce. So I imagine he wants to stay there in Vegas now. But um, they still got to cut. Yeah, they still got to cut Jimmy G, too. It's a thick. Thick chunk, chunk of change there they're going to lose. <laughs> he's just going to go wherever Belichick goes. He's going to get cut, and he's going to go follow Belichick, whether it's to Atlanta, uh, whether it's in, uh, to, to L.A. as a backup. Uh, who knows? I almost said San Diego, but um, 
he'll follow Belichick and, and Belichick thought he was going to be the main guy for Atlanta and that doesn't look the case anymore so yeah moving on to the Falcons yeah they're doing their uh, second rounds of interviews and Bill Belichick had his second interview already they have a couple more set up with Jim Harbaugh and Ejiro Evero among maybe a few others but Bill Belichick's news is kind of weird because yesterday I was just telling you Bill Belichick seemingly was offered the job from a few reports I saw by the owner, but then apparently the executives of the Falcons don't want that hire to happen with Bill Belichick. They want like a younger guy in there. So there's definitely some uh, arguments going on around there. So it'll be interesting what happens in Atlanta. I think they're just looking for stability because who knows how long he has left. He's getting older. I mean, he's obviously going to be able to do great things with that defense, but quarterback is definitely up in the air. So yeah. I mean, if they wanted to help us get rid of that Jimmy G contract, I'd be more than happy to part with <laughs> them. But I think it's going to be contingent on a quarterback because Ritter proved time and time again that he's just not that guy. The yeah, interesting totally thing I saw that. is that Kirk Cousins made a statement saying that if he wants to stay with the Vikings, but if Bill Belichick goes to the Falcons, he would certainly consider signing with the Falcons. And I think Kirk Cousins with the offensive weapons there and then likely a early pick at wide receiver and a later like first round or early second round pick at quarterback for uh kind of a learning guy to learn behind cousin i think that would certainly make atlanta a competitive in the nf south as well as the nfc yeah for sure i agree with that i think kirk could make that team a, a playoff fighter at least in that division oh, yeah. for sure because they, they don't have, have like a young weapons team there kyle pitts needs in some capacity and he hasn't been trapped john robin drake london like they got young who are uber athletic that go off the charts yeah they definitely Art got Smith some was a train wreck and he's gone thank god <laughs> yeah well maybe the maybe the eagles will bring him in as their o coordinator who knows? Fuck that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's we, did, we did interview Riverboat Ron as our DC. So. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I mean, he was a really good D coordinator, right? Back in the day. Really good D coordinator. Terrible head coach. I'm surprised he would take a D coordinator spot. He's like old, isn't he now? Yeah, he's like 67. Yes, he just likes coaching. I don't know. Um, let's move to the Titans, though. They made a hire uh, just yesterday. They... Well, I don't know if they actually confirmed the hire yet, but they basically said that they're going to do the hire. Um, They're going to bring in the Bengals O coordinator, Brian Callahan, after uh, his second interview happened yesterday, and they didn't let let him leave the building without the offer. So Brian Callahan to the Titans seems like a thing. He did great work with Joe Burrow and Jake Browning, his backup. So maybe the Titans want to see what he can do for Will Levis there. Yeah, for the Bengals, losing Callahan uh, is interesting. They're probably going to promote Dan Pitcher, the quarterback coach. and We'll see if they can maintain uh, that stability with Joe Burrow there if anything changes. Speaking Um, of Titans, have you heard anything about Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel. I heard he interviewed with somebody. I heard he interviewed with the Falcons. It might have been the Falcons, yeah. He's Um, had like one interview. I'm not sure what's going on with him. I know there's like a lot of teams that want him as a DC, but does he want to take a demotion to a DC after being a head coach for so long? Did he ever? He's never even called defensive plays, has he? Because didn't he go from like a linebacker coach to a head coach? Or was he a D coordinator? I don't even know. He was remember. a D coordinator. Oh, was he? Yeah. Hmm. I thought he could I can, possibly I can do some fact checking here for it. Yeah, why not? <clears throat> that was just a sort he fell on over there. I think he was a strong coach for the Titans, but it's just one of those you, you lose a quarterback and you don't really have that stability halfway through the season you give Levis a try. And Levis showed he has some skills that I think could be tailored, but um I think he, he's a strong coach. I think he would want to stay as a head coach, just the way that he connects with the players and the success that he saw with that organization. And he kind of that kind of was a rags to riches story, going from Mariota to Tannehill, showing what that team has. Obviously, they, they, they ran the ball like crazy with Derrick Henry, and the wheels kind of fell off. But 
he, he definitely has the chops to be a head coach for a long time in the league, just with the way he connects with the players, the way that they respond. I'm, I would have liked him as a coach. I think he, he'll find it somewhere to land for sure. Yeah, we already talked about Antonio Pierce. I feel like Antonio Pierce and Mike Vrabel are pretty similar in the way they coach. I think that makes an even better um, look for Antonio Pierce. Since players respond to the ex-players, and they, they've been in those shoes. They've, they've shown that they can put the work in. So it's like leading from the front. If they see that you can mm-hmm. do it, it's a little bit easier to respond as a player with everything you have to put in day in and day out. There's no real off season. You're just grinding every day. Yeah, uh, Variable had one season as the Texans' defensive coordinator after being their linebacker coach. Um, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, uh, but side note on coaching, we all had the same coach at some point in our uh, adolescent careers. One, uh, one, uh, Mr. Coach Perry. Coach Perry. Coach Perry. What, what a what a legend. My dad. Yeah, knows Josh. Coach Perry. Josh had him in uh in in like modified oh and jc the jc wildcats yeah i remember that vividly coach perry is a good coach i liked coach perry coach perry was awesome honestly i kind of liked vessio too vessio was awesome i love i know he was an asshole but like like i said i like the asshole coaches he was was a mike frable guy oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) they're not doing it to be an asshole they're doing it to bring and create a cluster fuck (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile we're eight years old (laughs) yeah <laughs> yeah, That's what I'm former... fucking talking about. <laughs> Hit him in the fucking mouth. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of former players, though, the Panthers also hired a former player as their new general manager, uh, assistant general manager Dan Morgan, who played for the team for a long time and was kind of a legend in his own right. There. Uh, is now the new general manager in Carolina, so that's uh, exciting for them, I suppose. Yeah. There's... They got, uh, they got a couple second interviews lined up, too, with Ejiro Evero and Dave Canales, among others. And I'm just going to hit some second interviews real quick. We don't really got to yeah. talk about them. Just push through them. Chargers second-round interviews, not named yet, but in, they will include four to six names. Jim Harbaugh is seen as the lead candidate in uh, for the Chargers. And uh, no word on their GM search yet, but Ed Dodds likes Jim Harbaugh, so maybe he'll land there. Seahawks second-round interviews. They have Ejiro Evero, Patrick Graham, Mike Kafka, Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn, and likely to add more names. It looks kind of like they're reaching to me. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. And the Commander's new GM, Adam Peters, is starting up his search for the head coach there. Uh, he's got strong ties to Bobby Slowick from the 49ers days, so I, could, I see that as a potential spot for Bobby Slowick. And they currently have a second interview lined up with Dan Quinn as well. So that's all. That's the interview cycle for you. I know. I really like the uh, Ejiro Evero um, being in contention around the league. Uh, I love him as a defensive coordinator. He was phenomenal with the, the Broncos and somehow got the Panthers trash squad to be a top tier defense. Um, so really anywhere he goes, I feel like he's going to succeed. I agree. I feel like the Panthers are really kind of possibly pushing for him as the head coach there too. The defensive players like him. And uh, since they hired an in, in uh, in-house candidate in Dan Morgan, that was a former player. I don't see why they wouldn't hire an in-house candidate as their head coach since it's Giro Ivero's already in the building as their D coordinator. So I could see him as a, as a definite candidate there. Um, yeah, in sure. your Eagles news, they fired both coordinators, Sean Desai and Brian Johnson. They're going to do a whole rehaul, try to keep Nick Sirianni in the building. What do you think about that? Um, I don't know. The players vouched for him. I don't like it. Uh, I don't like him. Uh, I, I you thought I liked him before, uh, but he soured on me all season. So um, <laughs> from his sideline antics as a coach um, and yelling at fans to the absolute collapse that the Eagles had, um, and then no accountability and ownership of issues. Um, it, it just seems like, uh, I don't know, it, it seems like on the field, 
despite what the players say, he lost the locker room, even though the players vouched for him. But at the same time, how much can you really take what players say uh, about their current head coach until they're fired? Like a player is yeah. not going to go out in the media and say like, yeah, fire the coach. We hate him. We don't like him. And then they stay. And then there's an entire like the whole locker room at- atmosphere is just soured in that after that. If the yeah, players and the coach the, aren't connecting. He's but, definitely um, lost the fan base. Did you see uh, did you see the fan that dumped a whole thing of popcorn on his head right after they yeah, lost? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then done, the, he, he got security. To, he got security to go get him. It's like, come on, guy. Come on. Hey, you're in Philly. It's popcorn. You it's it. popcorn and you're in Philly. Like, you're in Philly and you had a historical collapse. Expect it. Like, you're yeah. you're lucky there wasn't worse. Yeah. yeah. Somebody waiting yeah. outside at the um, car or something. No, but, like, in a coaching in – a, in a year when there's coaches available like there are this year, like Harbaugh, um, I think you have to entertain the possibility of another coach um, because, like, if, you, if they had the chance to sign – sign Harbaugh and they pass it up for Nick Sirianni. That's, I feel like just a, a terrible move. Um, but Hey, I'm not the owner. That's just, that's just one guy's opinion. So yeah. It'll and be, it'll, most of the fan base. We'll see who he gets to come there. I mean, there's still like a location that I would think coaches would want to go to with a lot of talent there. So a lot we'll of talent, see yeah. who he can bring in as the coordinators. Maybe that'll change everything. I think it will. Um, I think that was like the stipulation with uh, Lori's meeting with him is, who can you bring in as the coordinators if you don't like if I don't like who you bring who you can potentially bring in? I don't think it's gonna work. And that's how it was with Doug Peterson. Um, Doug Peterson had his coordinators lined up. Jeff Lurie did not agree with it and fired him, like on the spot. So um it's quite you could see the same thing, but who knows? Who knows? Quite, hey, he's uh ever since Andy Reid, he has a very short, short leash on on uh, on coaches. Once another ring, huh? Oh yeah. Um, other news, Saints fired their O coordinator, Pete Carmichael. I don't remember if I mentioned that last week or if it happened after we recorded, but I Pete Carmichael, you know, he was a big, uh, Sean, uh, Sean Payton guy. So maybe he'll land with the Broncos, but yeah, the Saints are looking for a new O coordinator there and other coordinator news. The bears are hiring the Seahawks, former offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron as their offensive coordinator. So we'll see what happens there. Maybe Drew Locke will head to the bears. I don't know. Derek Carr gets rid of another coordinator, throwing him under the bus due to his poor play. The only play is big (laughs) and and it doesn't count. So uh, that one doesn't surprise me at all. They're going to try and bring in one of his guys and see if he still got it. But as a Raiders fan, I was a little hesitant to get rid of him last year, but to see what he did this year with some some talent around him throws a couple good deep balls a game but silly mistake can't pin that on the coordinator uh, he's a five yard check down guy and occasionally dumps one over the top so that one doesn't surprise me he'll probably see a carousel there for the whole time that he's playing Derek Carr's had, had a, a strange career I would say because he's been so talented especially when he first got into the league he looked like he was going to be your guy for like ever and then what did he break his leg or tear his ACL uh, his, or something his ankle or his, his leg um he only got gun shy he's, he's afraid of hanging in the pocket and yeah. the O-line didn't do him any favors they didn't scheme very well for him um but it, it's just the way he's always been you, you know what you're going to get every single week so I guess there's a level of consistency there but it's not a high level consistency at all all times. Yeah, he needs that's like, happened to a lot of guys. So where, um, mm-hmm. where they just get gun shy and kind of once the pocket collapses, they just kind of panic. Uh, yeah. I mean, look at Carson Wentz that. after after Carson Wentz got injured. Definitely that's what happened to him. Anytime any type of pressure came, he just looked like a deer in headlights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was gonna say after Dak broke his ankle, like the past. Uh, like this year, he was obviously much better until you know 
choke artist came out but <laughs> he uh after he broke his ankle he looked like he was very uncomfortable yeah they changed the offense though. they put him in a wildcat true yeah uh one last note for for uh coaches jaguars hired falcons d coordinator ryan nielsen as their defensive coordinator so we'll see uh falcons defense was uh not terrible so we'll see no they had a top the they had a top team. 10 defense yeah so, so jaguars defense should should be better we'll see what they do with that uh, i'm ready to get into the games though unless you guys have Anything else you want to talk about? I'm ready. Let's get them underway. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Divisional round game Saturday at 4.30 in Baltimore. The Texans and the Ravens went to battle. Uh, Fred, you and I both thought the Texans were looking so good. The Ravens were possibly going to be coming in a little rusty because they had a couple weeks off. Uh, but um, And Mark Andrews wasn't playing either. So we were like, hey, Texans, let's go. But the Ravens really proved in this one that they are no freaking joke. They are Super Bowl contenders. They won 34-10, to 10, and it didn't look like the Texans had much of a chance from the beginning. Well, maybe a little in the beginning, but Ravens took charge. Yeah, so so this game was actually tied at halftime. Um, I mean, thanks in part to a, a – thanks in big part to a punt return for a touchdown uh, on the Texans' yeah. part. They couldn't get anything going offensively, though. Uh, C.J. Stroud, uh, he has put up big numbers this year, but was pretty rattled this game. Um, I think – not having Tink Dell in a game where even without Marlon Humphrey, the Ravens still have pretty good shutdown capability. Uh, and just having Nico Collins really impacted him here uh, and not having that secondary target. But um, Lamar himself didn't have a great game, particularly in the first half. The second half, though, is when he kind of took over uh, and ran in for two touchdowns. It was uh, him just kind of willing his team to victory. But the the real story here, I think, is the defense. Uh, the Ravens' defense showed that they're not just a team that can put up points because of the offense. The defense can control and control games and dictate the outcome. I mean, yeah, I would say the defense for sure is possibly the best still left here i mean you could make an argument for any of the teams left i think that have good defenses chiefs maybe eh. but the the ravens offense i mean you, you got to give them credit too they dropped 34 points on a very good texans defense and mm -hmm. lamar jackson yeah he came out maybe they were a little rusty in the first half but lamar jackson looked very precise as a passer and made great decisions as a runner as well he had four total touchdowns he led the team in rushing running with 100 yards on the ground as well and he just looked like he wants the Super Bowl this year to me. MVP favorite, Lamar Jackson, by the way. Um, yeah, he certainly uh, he certainly flipped the script on the narrative for him where it was he was one in three and had two TDs to, I think, five interceptions so far in the playoffs in his career. Um, definitely flipped the script there and uh, doubled his TD total uh, in one game. So uh, his running ability, though, was huge. I mean, anytime they got in third down situations – the Texans had no answer for him, and he would just run out, run for 15, 20 yards, uh, pick out the first down, and extend extend drives. So uh, he's going to be a problem in the playoffs. Yeah, he gives their running backs room to run too, because Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, and Dalvin Cook was like the third back in this game too. I thought he might come out as the first back. He was just the third back, and he even looked pretty solid in there too. I think so. he was the most explosive though, so I would look for him to get more and more work throughout the playoffs. Yeah, he's got those fresh legs. You always see the the teams try and bring on that veteran presence that has the fresh legs that didn't get a lot of burn throughout the year, and they definitely are doing that with the Ravens. Um, Cook still has some juice in him, and I oh, mean, yeah. they, the Jets signed him for a reason, and 
he's still got the legs behind him that he can go get you a first down when you need it or break off a big one. But the, the way that um, Lamar Jackson can can run the ball just opens up everything on defense. And I think you need a high-level elite um, linebacker in order to contain him. you got to put a spy on him at all times. And once you do that, he can throw one over the top. He throws a great deep ball. They've finally got the weapons to surround him. It's, it's looking like Mark Andrews is going to be back before the Super Bowl if they do end up getting there, maybe even this week. He was mm. testing it out to see if he could play this week. But second half, they made the adjustments, and I think that's all it took is see what they were going to throw at you and then come out the second half with a little bit more energy, and they did just that. And they look like two separate squads. They really pulled away, and it didn't even look competitive towards the end of it because oh, yeah. it, it could have been even worse the way that they were moving oh, the yeah. ball. Anytime they needed a first down, they were getting it plus a few extra yards on top of it. Yeah, that's a good insight on the linebacker. One thing to note in this game, the Texans linebacker went down, in, I think, around halftime when, when the Ravens really started to pull away. So maybe that was the huge uh, moment of the game that really gave the Ravens the upper hand. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. Speaking um, of linebackers, Patrick Queen made a huge statement in this game. Uh most like just like every game this year um he's a hot commodity in the offseason and definitely will get a lot of look the ravens have two pro bowl linebackers middle linebackers that's <laughs> their linebackers are always legendary i don't know how I mean, they do you it. can't forget Jadavion Clowney. he's a he's an outside linebacker too and he's he's a rushing nightmare so it's ridiculous Man. the ravens have always been just so good at developing linebacker talent defensive talent in general really they're they're winning the way that they used to win back in the day when when you knew they were going to make a long push in the playoffs they won by defense but they were able to win with mediocre quarterbacks. Some may argue Joe Flacco's Careful. elite, but he's no Lamar Jackson. <laughs> um, looking at his second MVP by my imagination here. Um, but okay. having the strong defense where you're not going to give up a ton of points, then you have a team that can that can score in bunches um, it, with big, loud, explosive plays to get the fans behind you. That that stadium's loud, and it it can fit a lot of folk, and they the, they love it out in, in Baltimore. So. I got them going pretty far this year. I think they're I think they're going to be a favorite over the Chiefs. And going back to the point of the linebackers, their linebacker core has been banged up all year. So um, it was good to see they can put it together on offense, and that defense is strong. And that's against the Texans, and Stroud showed out. He's obviously going to win rookie of the year. Um, but he just didn't have enough after losing some weapons throughout the year. they got to get yeah. a running game. They don't have that. Yeah, the running game was completely stopped in this game. It was pretty much just C.J. Stroud on his own out there for the whole game, and he was still managing to look good under pressure, making smart plays, despite not being able to really find much going on there. This Texans team, it's lacking talent right now, but Houston fans have to be very excited to see how far they went this year and how far they can go in the future. Hopefully, for them, they don't lose their O coordinator, Bobby Slowick, because he's definitely getting a lot of uh, looks for head coordinator or oh, yeah. head coach uh, spots. But still, this Texans team, very excited to see them in the future. Yeah, their odds to make the playoffs was like plus 2,000 uh, prior to the season. And not only did they make the playoffs, but they advanced the divisional round. So uh, they certainly exceeded expectations. And uh, in the running back department, there's a lot of free agent running backs. So there's some good ones in the draft, too. So they might make some noise there. I was in Houston last week, and that entire city shut down because they're just so excited about it um i left the day of the game but um that place they they love their texans so i think it's going to become a free agent destination people are going to want to start going out there and arguably a top five top ten quarterback after year one he proved that he has the juice so um they're, they're, they should be good for a long time they 
they've traded up some draft capital and to to get their defensive end as well as the quarterback um so yeah exciting to see what comes of that team in year one if you're able to do that they just got to find that consistency but i think they're going to be good for a long time and you always have that window when you draft a quarterback and they show they can do it on that rookie contract so Oh, yeah. Um, keep an eye on them for a while. Yeah, that's a good point. you got to give Will Anderson his credit, too. He's been a stud for that defense as the first pick, or the, I guess the second pick. But um, it's too bad that they just couldn't be doing this when J.J. Watt was still on the team. <laughs> Let's move to Saturday night football, though. In San Francisco, the Packers and the 49ers. Fred and I had different thoughts on the outcome of this game. Fred, I think you were closer, but I got the dub. You picked yeah. the Packers. I picked the Niners. I thought the Niners were kind of going to trounce them a little bit, and you were like, hey, I believe in the Packers. The 49ers did win 24-21, to 21, but this was a battle down to the wire, and just a few extra plays the Packers could have could have been going to the conference. Seriously, like, uh, I mean, the the Packers, they, they, they missed the that field goal late uh, that really decided the outcome of the game, and uh, then Jordan Love, with the opportunity to go down the field with like a minute 30 left, just that he's not a rookie. But he essentially is a rookie. Uh, it's his first time ever starting. So um, it really showed out here, uh, his inexperience in the playoffs. And uh, in that minute 30, throwing that inadvertent pass on the run into the middle of the field that got picked off. Like, you can't you can't do that there. Um, you have the opportunity to drive down the field and at least tie the game, if not get the win. And uh, that cost him. We saw a couple of situations like that this year, uh, this week. And uh, we'll get into that in our next game. But um, yeah, I thought the Packers looked really good. They're another situation like the Texans where a lot of people didn't think they were going to do very well. And for them to make the playoffs absolutely embarrass the Cowboys, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, and then hold their own with the 49ers who are a Super Bowl contender and a favorite to win the NFC. And they looked, they looked really good. They should have won the game, but Hey, uh, should have, isn't what gets the job done. Uh, 49ers did get the job done and here they are. Yeah. The, the Packers, like you said, they're another team that's very exciting for their future. Um, they have to be really happy about it. Uh, one stat from this game that I thought was interesting, Aaron Jones, looked like a stud out there he had his first hundred yard game uh well not his first the first hundred yard game against san francisco in 50 games wow san fran's got a great rushing defense and aaron jones was putting on on blast all day i think they really uh gave a little script i mean the ravens already know how to beat them but they gave a little script for other the other well i guess just what the lions on how to beat the 49ers so We'll see. We'll see what happens Run the there, ball, yeah. which the Lions do have a good run game. So yeah, and we'll get into that. But yeah, what do what do you think, Josh, about about this whole game? Christian McCaffrey is a dog. I think oh, yeah. everybody knows that he's just yeah. an offensive weapon. I I think he can make any quarterback look good. Um, you just you give the ball to him, and he's going to make plays happen. The more you can give it to him. I think they're a very script-oriented team. I th- it'd be hard for them to play from behind, um, but they're not going to play from behind very often. They've got a dominant defense. They've got those linebackers that we've been talking about. They've got pressure up front. They're going to sack your quarterback. They're going to be able to cover your receivers. But um, I think Purdy is showing some flaws, some mm-hmm. chinks in the armor. Um, I, I, it might have been the weather, but there was just some, some off-script throws that you'd expect a, a quarterback to make. But you, you keep wondering why he got drafted so late. Why was he Mr. Irrelevant? And at times he shows it. But he's always got the fail-safe of, I can just check it down to McCaffrey and he can take a 70 yards. And he just finds a hole and runs. And once he sees open space, you're not catching him. So um, close game. Uh, I some things with love 
kind of kept them from winning it. That throw across the body, you, you just leave the pocket, go right, and try and throw it across the field. You know you yeah, can never do that. You learned that from a young age. Big Brett Favre um, throw right there. Yeah, but without the arm strength. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he looked good, um, but I, I, it's going to be tough for the 49ers. They're going to have a battle, but they, they showed why they're the team that everybody wants to beat, why they've been a favorite all year. Um, but throughout the year, people have been exposing them little by little of some of the, the areas that they're a little bit more deficient in. Um, but they, they've just got a lot of dogs on that team that are going to go out yeah, there and, and show off. So, um, it, good game. I, closer than I expected. I expected it to be a blowout, but the Packers did well all postseason um, and kept it close in a game that I didn't think they really had as much of a chance in. Yeah. Uh, McCaffrey, he looks like another guy that just wants that Super Bowl ring. He was running hard this whole game. All season, he'd been running hard, like like you said. And uh, he, got the, he got the game-winning touchdown. The 49ers, interesting that you say that they're a scripted team. I, I would agree with that. And I think it kind of showed in this game because once Debo went down and got hurt, it was like they they were just struggling to do much to figure out what they were doing. I think they uh, they really got to go back and go over some things and maybe plan better for if somebody goes down. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, McCaffrey I feel like really won them that game. Brock Purdy definitely showed some struggles in this one, and uh, it's good to know that he's not really in the running for MVP anymore because <laughs> Lamar Lamar deserves it over him in my humble opinion. Yeah, and uh, that's how they've really been all season. If any other big three are down, or big four, I guess, if you include, um, yeah, because Ayuk and Kittle are both in that four. So if any of them go down, I feel like it's just really impacted how they performed, especially McCaffrey, during that three-game stretch where they were losing. Uh, it looked like Curry just didn't know what to do. Like you said, Josh, a lot of times you can just check down to McCaffrey, and uh, it's just his failsafe. Um, during that three-game stretch where they were losing to teams they should not have lost to, um, he, he looked kind of lost. Yeah, I think McCaffrey's probably the off- offensive player of the year, either him or Tyreek, um, but I think it'll be McCaffrey. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, you mentioned, he was, like, just not in this game. He, like, disappeared. No. He was non-existent. He was covered really well, I guess. Um, Tyreek Alexander, defense. baby. Yeah. I think that definitely uh, was part of the reason they were struggling a lot. Uh, Juwan Jennings came in for Debo, and he was having – I think he did better than Ayuk, really. Uh, so maybe they can give him some, some Yeah, I mean, uh, Juwan Jennings did talk a lot, saying uh, Hurts wishes he had me this week um, <laughs> when they played the – played Tampa Bay and hey maybe we maybe we could have used uh Juwan Jennings he certain, certainly would have looked better than uh Quez Watkins out there so um mm-hmm. yeah if you want to come to Philly come on over Juwan yeah George Kittle looked pretty good in this game though yeah. too. they have so many weapons it's, it's yeah crazy. they're a, truly a complete team like if you were to build a team on Madden it'd be this team. yeah um even their defense just lined up with studs um another thing for uh Christian McCaffrey he with that touchdown he scored in this one he actually ties Jerry Rice for most touchdowns in a season for the oh, 49ers. So, legend. And, and he continues a... his uh his new his new touchdown streak. So, he had he had that what 17 game streak before, snapped yeah. it, and now he's been on a streak since. So, so you know, put some money on him for next yeah. game. If there's a sure thing in NFL, it's just McCaffrey's going to score a TD even unless Fred bets on it. Yeah, unless I, I think bet he on it. <laughs> that minus 320 for a, a touchdown, but that's still a good bet. I mean, you're gonna you're not gonna get much money on it, but if you want to throw that in on a parlay to get a little booster, feel free because there's, there's yeah. a pretty good chance that he's gonna find the end zone. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's move to the Sunday games at 3 p.m. in Detroit. The Buccaneers and the Lions faced off, and uh, 
listen, my boy Baker, he went off in this one, but it just wasn't enough. The Lions ended up winning it 31-23 to in a really fun game to watch if you guys were watching. Uh, what do you What do you think, man? Yeah, you're asking me or Josh. Um, oh, sorry. I, so, I just yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, this game, uh, I mean, I picked Detroit. I thought it was going to be... I thought it would be more of a blowout. Um, I thought Baker of old was going to show up and uh, it being another playoff game, but uh, against a defense that was, just to be kind, uh, uh, better than the Eagles' defense. Um, uh, not, to, not to go too far into how bad the Eagles' defense was. but um, Got to bring him up every game. <laughs> hey, he torched him. He torched the Eagles, dude, and he torched the Detroit Lions here. He really did. Um, Baker deserves to get an extension. Uh, Tampa Bay should bring him back. He embodies what Tampa and Florida is. Uh, he is truly a Florida man. Uh, if you told me he was from, <laughs> from, from Florida, I'd believe you. Um, yeah, it was a close game. It was a good game. Baker, like I said, kind of in the last one, though, he made a Jordan Love mistake and threw the ball in the middle of the field, an inadvertent pass, and lost them the game. So uh, he was sick about it, but uh, as high as he was on smelling salts, it did not matter they still uh came away with the loss i really thought he was going to get that into k dot and it was a really tight window throw he just trusted his arm a little too much i guess yeah. he got excited you know what are you gonna he's on smelling salts he's going crazy he's getting everyone fired up you can't blame the guy for thinking he could make that throw but uh yeah very exciting i it was the last time i get to watch him make magic on the field this year but uh yeah he kept the bucks alive all game and uh, he kept getting rocked all game, too. If you guys were watching, he was on the, I don't know if it's turf or grass there, but he was in, he was on the, the turf, like, all game. They they sacked him four times, but he got hit a lot more than that. And he just kept getting back up, running back to the huddle. You just see the, the cameras, like, on him. He's, like, like getting everybody into it. And smelling salts, <laughs> dude. I mean, it'll, it'll, get you, it'll keep you going. Yeah, he's awesome, man. He's, he's a motivator. And uh, he brought it. He's, I think he literally brought his guys with his arm to the to the brink of a win. I know they, they lost by a little bit here, but they were they were pretty close right up until that. Uh, right up until that interception. I just can't I can't wait to see him get paid. I can't wait to see Mike Evans also get paid, hopefully by the Buccaneers for them. Uh, he had a good game too, minus the really bad drop pass that he had. Yeah, yeah I think I think Baker would certainly that. fit with like the old school NFL players like Lawrence Taylor yeah. and uh, Brian Bosworth who used to just keep Coke in their jock strap. And just like, <laughs> just keep uh, just taking a little bit throughout the game, and uh, just keep that keep that energy going. Yeah, him and Matt Stafford both. I think they would be big Dan Quinn <laughs> or not Dan Quinn, uh, Dan Campbell guys. If oh, yeah. if Jared Goff wasn't already lighting it up. Oh there. yeah. But, Mike Evans needs more respect in the league. He just does it every game, every year. He's just gonna go out there, get you a thousand yards, catch damn near a hundred passes a year, and he's just he just goes out there and does it. And, and it doesn't matter who the QB is. Correct. It yeah. doesn't matter who the QB is. He goes out and he makes that QB relevant. It'll be just interesting to see if he stays in Tampa or if he goes to a, a contending team next year. If he goes to the Chiefs, I'm gonna vomit as soon as yeah. it happens. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck the Chiefs. Fuck the Chiefs. We'll get to them, but yeah. the Bucks defense uh, was doing pretty good for uh, like the first three quarters or so uh the fourth quarter though they completely shit the bed uh the lions could not do anything wrong in the fourth quarter they started lighting it up and uh they were the lions were really a little under par for most of the game uh because of the bucks defense maybe but they were struggling to find a rhythm but once the fourth started like i said it was lights out jared goff said that he heard the lions like cheering his name the fans and everything just like went calm for him and he and he was just near unstoppable he had 11 straight completions two touchdown drives 
took the lead. And uh, Amon Ra had that big third down completion in the spotlight. The rookie Jameer Gibbs had a big 31-yard touchdown. It really highlighted the Lions' stud players there that got them this far. And Dan Campbell is the man. But for Jared Goff, this was the last home game for him, so he's going to have to figure it out when the Lions fans aren't there chanting his name like that. Yeah, they're already talking an extension for Goff, too. Yeah, he deserves so it. I would say. There goes my uh, there goes my dynasty head and hooker ownership. <laughs> <laughs> I Laporta has shown a lot this year. Uh, I think he's the one that you want to have on that team. Gibbs, mm-hmm. I think they pulled the reins on him a little early in the year, but they're going to just let him run for the remainder of this season and going into next year. He's going to be a strong lead back. Um, the, the David Montgomery not getting the ball on the one cost me a good chunk of change on some oh, some parlays yeah i didn't know who they Ren- uh, to. craig reynolds like what yeah the craig fuck? reynolds <laughs> might as well gave it to kabinda the old linebacker to him in weird situations um but they they've got offensive talent they can move it um the defense is you don't know what you're going to get to quarter by quarter thing with them they show they can do it sometimes and then other times they just kind of go non-existent um but exciting for golf because i think he's got a lot to prove um especially with the rams now out um they've mm-hmm. gone past that and I, i'm excited for the city of detroit the amount of oh, money yeah. he's bringing into the region there how excited the fans are they've got passionate fans they've seen winless seasons and now they're the one game away from the super bowl it's an easy team to root for, um, and I think everybody loves the coach out there. Oh, uh, yeah. It was a questionable hire at first. People were a little weary on their hiring the guy because he just seems like a motivator and not necessarily an X's and O's guys, but surround themselves with talent. They've drafted well, and it's finally an exciting time in Detroit for people um, seeing those wins stacking up. And if they win a Super Bowl, they better grease the poles like they do out in Philly. I'll, I'll throw it in for you so you don't have to. <laughs> mayhem in Detroit, yeah. Speaking of Philly, yeah. um, it, it, it connects oh, to your go. it connects to your the coach the surrounding himself with with coaching talent. So the coordinators in Detroit are likely going to be poached. Um, so I just hope that Especially what happened often. to Sirianni does not happen to Campbell because Campbell's actually likable. So I hope that he is able to get good coordinators after the current ones are gone and off the greener pastures. So um, I want to see him keep doing well and keep being successful. And um, hopefully people continue to want to play for him and he can get good guys in there. Yeah. The biggest story out of there is the going for two because everybody's talking about the analytic. Um, I don't really necessarily mind it. I would probably prefer to go for one on the first go and then – yeah, they know it's coming on the second go around if you're going to go for the win. Mm. Um, but if you don't get it, I, I think it kind of depletes the morale for the team because you know you have to go down there and get two the next time. You don't really yeah. have the yeah. shock and awe of it all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't mind the gunslinger mentality, riverboat uh, gambling style. Just go out there and try and get it. But not getting that and then the interception at the end was, was tough. But I actually... I, actually looked over to Kayla as we were sitting there watching the game. I said, he's going to throw an interception because I didn't think Baker <laughs> is going to be able to do it at the end. You know you're going to be passing every time. You know he's not afraid to try and throw it in a tight window. And the defense is really planning for that. If you have a mistake-prone quarterback that's going to try and thread the needle, you always kind of see the interception on that last yeah. the last streak there. It definitely makes for uh, exciting endings, though, whenever, whenever Baker's got the ball yeah. <laughs> with the game on the line. Yeah. Fred, you got anything else for this one? 
Nothing. Let's move to Sunday night. Let's move to the worst game of the week for us. Um, <laughs> Sunday night football. We got the Chiefs heading into Buffalo to take on the Bills. They owned them for the past, what, four or five years, something like that. It was Bills' time. It was Buffalo's time to shine in Buffalo. First away game for Pat Mahomes in the playoffs. Everyone was loving it. Jason Kelsey was out there partying with Bills fans with his Chiefs That was the best on. part of this crazy. game. That was that was <laughs> the only good part of this game. It was Jason. I don't care who you are or what fan, what fan base you're with. Jason Kelsey drunk out of his mind shirtless up with the fans was the best part of this game it was very exciting and funny and made for a great time (laughs) but yeah bills fans were not happy after this one they lose once again to the chiefs in the playoffs 27 to 24 in just heartbreaking fashion wide right once again will be reigning in buffalo that should that word should just be like illegal in that in that city i think at this point it's tough for them. The Chiefs well, won 27 The one puzzling thing, though, Sean McDermott calling a fake punt to DeMar Hamlin on their own side of the 50. What the fuck play call is that? Like, come on. Yeah, I think he was going for the storyline, but uh, yeah. yeah it was it's not, not a Disney movie, though. Like, it, it's not <laughs> It's not going to have that ending. You can't send in a guy that never got playing time to begin with <laughs> um, just for the story of the comeback player of the year type type of the situation if he gets comeback player of the year that's no way that's ridiculous have you guys yeah. seen the tweets of what he thought was going to happen and it's like the make-a-wish kid getting the hand off and they lead him <laughs> down, down the field those have been my favorite tweets of the week the it, it's, like, it's so fitting <laughs> it's so fitting and they're just like come on guy come on come on <laughs> None of the players are actually hitting him. They're just like kind of like brushing against him. And yeah, the Chiefs uh, didn't have that script though. They uh... <laughs> no. they just tackled him. So yeah, not um, great. Yeah, hate, I hate Patrick Mahomes. So I uh, didn't want not want to see him uh, get the win. But uh, one player I do like on the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, dude mm. runs hard. Like he's a beast. He is in a battle with the ground every time he runs, but he is winning that battle. And uh, he's very fun to watch. And Travis Kelsey, um, two touchdowns. He hadn't had a touchdown since week 11 and had two this game. Wow, so, I didn't know that. Um, he was a huge reason why they won. He wanted to show out for his boo, for his lady. And that's the real reason they won, because <laughs> T. Swifty was in attendance. Yeah. Uh, all the Swifties were betting on the game, wanting the Chiefs to win, and the NFL just couldn't let the Bills win after all that, you know? So, all that money that's, that's coming in from the Swifties, <laughs> from Kayla. But you know who my favorite player on the Antalia. Chiefs is? But... <laughs> my, my favorite player on the Chiefs is Kadarius Tony because every time he touches the ball, it ends in disaster for him. Yeah, but he hasn't played in the playoffs. He's been. He's I been, know. I just he's wish been, he was uh, playing off the in this active game. roster, and uh, you got to wonder: is that because of an injury, or is it because they don't want him to fuck up and lose him the game? <laughs> yeah, uh, could be. Could be part of both with with yeah. with Tony. Who who the hell knows? The receivers almost did try to lose them this game though, when Nicole Hardman fumbled the the ball through the end zone to give the Bills that turnover that they really needed, which um, will likely no about, longer be a thing next year. Yeah, I hope so. Talking it's about changing the rule. football, it really is. I hate that rule to be honest. Um, but it, it's kind of just funny that it happens. They happen to want to change it after this happens to the Chiefs. Like, they don't care when it's all the other teams, no. but when the Chiefs almost Chiefs are the new Patriots. Mahomes uh, is the new Brady. It. He's 13, and speaking of Brady, he's 13-1 and one against every QB in the playoffs. Uh, he is 0-2 against Brady. Makes sense. Brady was the, the guy before yeah. Mahomes, so. 
the loss to him for the Patriots and lost to him in Tampa. So, um, yeah, Brady I was think Mahomes guy. might be more likable than Tom Brady. Not by a lot at this point. Not by a lot at this point. He, I mean, he heard a lot of his his legacy this year. Uh, the way he handled handled that loss. Uh, I forget who was it against. But, um, it was against the Bills. Yeah, it was, it was against the Bills. Bills. Okay. Um, yeah, the way he, he handled that loss before Allen. was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he uh, went up to Josh Allen after the game was just like, that was bullshit. How are you going to call that? And it's like, come mm-hmm. on, guy, just just go up and dap him up like every other fucking game. Uh, yeah, I saw a yeah. post um, saying that the way that Josh Allen handles a loss versus um, Pat Mahomes handles a loss. Pat Mahomes did that, went up crying to Josh Allen about the play. And Josh Allen, on the other hand, went as soon as they lost with that kick, um, he runs up to the kicker and like starts like consoling him <laughs> for the missed kick. So a little difference in leadership, I guess, there. <laughs> yeah. Big story out of here is what do they do with Diggs? I mean, that drop on the long pass right through That's his hands. Um, he was not existing. He's not the quiet star this year in Buffalo, and they kind of like their quiet stars and their yeah. beloved fan base. Um, I, I think he's still got some juice as a, as a wide receiver, but... They're going to have to draft another one. Gabe Davis is not him. He's not no. showing what he can do. I think he opens up the field. He was bitching but... at the fans, too, Gabe Davis was. I don't know he if wasn't even playing that. this game. But yeah, he was, he was out. So, I mean, he's, he's prone to dropping the ball. Um, I think Gabe Davis is a very good wide receiver three. Um, like, mm-hmm. he'd be a luxury as a wide receiver three, but he's not a wide receiver two. So, he's not, like, consistent enough to be that number two guy. But he is good for some huge games once in a while, which I think is very good for a, a wide receiver three. But um, they definitely like I, I I like what you're saying. Where they definitely need another guy, and there are some good receivers this draft. So Khalil Shakir showed he's a good player. Dalton Kincaid is a, a top tier tight end from what he's shown this year in his rookie season. Um, but they just ask too much of Josh Allen. It's all it is. they 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 ask him to go out there and be Superman every game. They don't. Mm-hmm. They refuse to run the ball and set up a run presence. But Josh Allen James Cook is good too. Premier. Yeah, he could be the premier play action quarterback in the league. He can throw the ball down the entire field. He's worked on his accuracy. You know you're gonna get one or two errors out of him a game. But a lot of that is because you're putting so much weight on his back. Yeah. Like he can do that. He can run through somebody's mouth or he can throw the ball over the top. And he's not afraid to check it down now. Just gotta surround him with talent, buy him time, and they were riddled with injuries the whole year. If you're going back to the mm-hmm. linebackers, if they had Matt Milano, they're making a much longer run. They got Daquan oh, yeah. Jones back this week. He was and Trey White. Yeah, they didn't well, have Trey yeah, White either. We'll see what he does after the Achilles. And he's his legs are pretty shot at this point with the ACLs and the Achilles. But they their their window is shrinking. His Josh Allen salary cap is increasing year after year. Um, yeah, it was eighteen this year, and next year it jumps to like forty-two. Yeah, so that window shrinking gets a lot tougher once they're out of the the first few years of the contract um but they just got to get healthy and that's something they haven't been able to prove to do to make that long playoff run yeah. they're a good team i want to see them win just because they're a new york team they're the one true new york team we'll just see if they can finally put it together and they want it to be the next brady versus um peyton type rivalry they just right can't now get over the top. right now it's more brady versus philip rivers yeah yeah, yeah. Actually, equated <laughs> him a lot to Philip Rivers. He has a, a similar playing style. Yeah. I think he's closer to Big Ben, maybe. But <laughs> he's not. He's a not as fat, were... and uh, hopefully, he doesn't have the uh, off the field issues that Big Ben had. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people were putting this loss on Josh Allen's shoulders too, and I feel like he was like the only one that showed up for him in this yeah. game. Like, he was. In the I mean, the first half, he was like willing them to win. I mean, uh, yeah. he put a pass on the money for James Cook for a touchdown, and he dropped it. This, it's not the first time that that's happened. Uh, it happened last game in the playoffs, and he dropped the touchdown. That was a surefire thing. And uh, 
like I think the next play, Josh Allen just regardless of what the play call was, he took the ball and just ran through like three guys to get the TD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's uh, kind of big to note that the Bills defense just completely flopped in this game too. The Chiefs had big plays like consistently throughout the game, and they scored every single possession until the fourth quarter. So that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I will defense, say they right? they were very banged up. <laughs> yes, they were. The Chiefs have not faced a healthy defense, but they will next week, and we'll get into that. Um, we will talk about that for sure. Yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> and uh, anyway, best part of this game was Jason Kelsey. Uh, he uh, shirtless carried little little child fans up to Taylor Swift. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty took funny. A, took a beer ball out in the out tailgating with uh with the Bills fans and I I, I I'm surprised he didn't break any tables, but um that, that if there's two fan bases that I think he fits, it's the Bills and the Eagles. because um, he's just a crazy individual who's super fun. Maybe Detroit too. Maybe Detroit. I don't know too much about their tailgating situations, but Fair enough. Maybe we should head over and find and find out. Let's do it. Let's go um, to the game. One one last note for this game from me though. Uh, Mahomes and Kelsey now have the most touchdowns as a duo in postseason history, beating out Brady and Gronk with 16. So that's that's pretty impressive, despite what you might think about him. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> I think he goes off. I, I wouldn't be surprised if both the Kelsey brothers retired after this year just because of all the injuries. Jason yeah. obviously referred to it, and Travis, if they go out with a win, um, I could see him riding off into the sunset. They're doing well with their podcast. With Taylor. Um, yeah, he's got the, the Taylor Swift money now. Um, we'll just and, go on tour with her for yeah. all her <laughs> European <laughs> tour next year. He's proven that he's a top a top guy, clear Hall of Famer, and it'd be a good way to end a career. I think that's everybody's goal is to win one and then just ride off into the sunset and maintain he's whatever. He's already got two, doesn't he? Yeah. The only way I could see uh, them both staying um, is to get one season in Cleveland. All right. Don't don't hold your breath, Fred. Kelsey, Jason Kelsey's a goner. I said one season in Cleveland, not Philly. So I'm saying if they stay, I think they would want one season in their hometown boyhood fandom they, of Cleveland. They both went to school in Cincinnati. They did, but they're from Cleveland Heights, okay. which is why their the whole podcast is called the Height New Heights, uh, because they're from Cleveland. Uh, they grew up as Browns fans, which had to have been very hard. Um, but I could see them maybe going for that. Um, and you definitely get some people trying to play for their their hometown team at some point in their career. So fair. All right, so it's the uh, it's time to make our NFL conference game picks. Um, our playoff picks so far this year have been pretty awful. Um, but let's not mess these ones up because we all know the colors of the Super Bowl logo, right? Am I right? Come on, we all know. <laughs> We all know what's going to happen. Even even Jack can make these picks, all right? Um, which he's going to hear. Uh, so let's get into it. Sunday at 3 in Baltimore. The Chiefs are heading to the Ravens to uh, stadium to, to, you know, get murdered on the field. Um, it'll be a fun one, though. It'll be interesting. We'll see if Mark Andrews can get in there and play. Uh, we, we want him to, but... I mean, I think they're good without him even, to be honest. Jack, do you prefer uh, red or purple? Oh, he's taking yeah! purple right away. So, uh, I think you know what way going he's on. going for this game. I think he's going the same way his dad's going, and that is for <laughs> Baltimore to absolutely annihilate the Chiefs and embarrass Patrick Mahomes. And Mahomes is going to be crying to Lamar Jackson. Hopefully, hopefully humble him, um, although he'll probably blame it on something. Um, Jack is casting a spell uh, as we speak on, uh, on Patrick Mahomes. He's apparently been watching Harry Potter lately and uh, pointing his We've mind. been watching Harry Potter. They're actually pretty solid movies. Listen, the color of my drink is also purple. I don't know. It almost looks blue here, but it's purple. I am also 
going to be going with the Ravens. I just think uh, they're a lot better, and they've shown that they're a lot better. And I don't think the Chiefs have much of a chance. I saw someone post um, that the NFL script wants to see Travis Kelsey proposing to Taylor Swift while the confetti of the Super Bowl is falling all over the field as the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Well, unfortunately for them, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens didn't get that script, all right? They're not going to let that happen. They've looked dominant all year against playoff teams. And while the Chiefs have looked better, they still haven't looked good enough to take out the Ravens. So, Ravens. What do you think, Josh? The Ravens are done. I agree completely. We're we're all on the same page there. I got the Ravens. Ravens are giving up three and a half at home. I'm I'm taking them minus seven at the bare minimum. I don't think it. I think they're going to really dominate them. I think the defense is going to be able to expose the lack of weapons for the Chiefs. Um, give me the Ravens minus three and a half. I might even take an opposite spread at minus five. I like Lamar Jackson as an anytime touchdown scorer, but also tack on it as Isaiah Pacheco at plus 125. Hmm. Let's hook up a nice little parlay and uh, get paid while we're at it. Yeah, let's get paid, baby. I'll take those bets too, man. I need the money. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think Ravens could win by double digits, to be honest. Maybe we're like not giving the Chiefs enough credit here, but it just seems like it's going to happen. I don't know. I, I thought the Bills had a chance to take them out last week, but I thought they were going to expose the Bills because of the. I think the linebackers tell the whole story in the playoffs right now. Um, they're going to, the, the defensive line is going to be pushing into Mahomes all game. They've got the support with the DBs, and I don't think they have the weapons on offense to, to expose them. But if you have a strong linebacker who can cover up Kelsey, that's their only real weapon. And outside of that, I don't I don't know what the Chiefs can really do. To Patrick Queen. Yeah. Patrick Queen I, can I do think pretty much Ravens, everything. I got the Ravens big in this one. Yeah. Jack, do you have yeah, any other insights for us on this game? He's got some opinions. <laughs> He's keeping them to himself? Is that? Or they're too hot for, for camera? Too hot for camera. <laughs> He's just hitting things with the markup. <laughs> he's, he's, he's very excited for this game. I don't blame him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you you, uh, you got anything else for this one though, Fred? Like we just I, think don't know. I think we've all said it. Um, uh, the, the Ravens should dominate this game. Um, the NFL has their scripts, but um, at, at this point, I think the way the Ravens have looked all year, there, there's no way that they should lose this game, uh, especially yeah. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is unscriptable. All right, he does what he wants on the field. Unscriptable. <laughs> Let's move to Sunday night football then, the final game before the Super Bowl, and this is a big one. I mean, they're both big ones, but yeah, in San Francisco, the Lions and the 49ers, two teams that a lot of people like. A lot of people are not liking the 49ers, like Fred, I suppose. But either way, this should be a really fun game. Hopefully, Debo can get in there and play, um, because he's always an exciting player. But this game, though, it should be good. Debo, you know. His injury kind of muddies the water for a dangerous 49ers attack that looked kind of tame like we talked about once Debo went down. Um, I think they need a plan this time around because that Lions defense is going to be pouncing on them all game and Purdy will just need to step up to get the offense going. It can't be all on the shoulders of McCaffrey in this game for them to win this one. The Lions literally have one of the best run defenses in the league, but they also let up a lot of yards in the passing game. So Brandon Ayuk needs to step up as well. He uh, he was a non-factor against the Packers, and he's really just going to need to to figure it out in this one. Brock Purdy, George Kittle, uh, the, the passing game really is going to need to start making plays in this game. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it'll be a, certainly a very tough one and uh, very tough for both teams. It should be a dogfight. 
Uh, both teams are very good. They've been NFC contenders all season. Um, starting with Jack. Picks. Jack, do you want red or blue? Both. Is it a tie? How does that work? The pick them. <laughs> Anybody could win it. All right. Red um, or blue? <laughs> red? Okay. Do you say you, green? You said red. Okay. Packers are out, buddy. <laughs> so he, he's picking red. He's picking the Niners. All right. He's, he's picking, picking the both the number ones. I respect it. I respect he's it. He's picking the Niners. So he is not siding with his dad in this game because uh, I'm picking the Lions. I'm picking Dan Campbell to come in, take some kneecaps, and uh, really just come at Brock Purdy with that tough pass rush that the Lions do have. Brock Purdy can fold onto the pass rush, and the Lions have a nasty pass rush. Aiden Hutchinson is going to be in his grill all fucking game. Josh, what do you think, man? I like the Niners in this. I would like this story if the Lions were able to do it, but I, I think they're seven-point favorites for a reason. Um, the Debo, I don't know if he's going to play, but I think Kittle's going to be the difference maker here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lions have all of the tools in order to expose them, but I, I think the Niners take care of business. If the weather's a little bit better, I don't think Brock Purdy has as bad of a game as he did last week uh, with some of the poor throws, some of the more errant passes that, that were off target, but... I think they can do it. I think they match up very well. Uh, same type of pressure is going to be put on the quarterback from both ways, but yeah. I like the Niners uh, and give me the points. But they might actually, it might be closer than seven, um, but I'm taking the Niners plus the point. Yeah, I think it'll be a really good game. Uh, the Lions are not at home, so like I said, Jared Goff is going to have to really live under pressure this whole game, not only from the fans, but also, like you said, from the defense. And, uh, Hopefully he doesn't cave under it. I know that was kind of a problem that he ended up having with the Rams before he went to Detroit. So I think I think this game is going to be a lot. It's going to be really telling on both of these quarterbacks. Can both of these guys live under the pressure of this situation? Because neither of them really have necessarily proven it yet. I know Goff has been to a Super Bowl and uh, last year Purdy played in, I believe, the conference, right? But uh, but this is a lot different, I think. So it'll be really telling for them. Uh, the 49ers, like you said, they're also or yeah, they're they're also one of the best running defenses in the game. So McCaffrey, as good as he is, it's not going to be quite as easy for him in this game as a lot of people might think it will be. I think he's going to have a little bit of trouble running the ball, and uh, it's going to be sorry. I was just talking about the Lions, but <laughs> yeah, I think Gibbs is going to have uh, trouble running the ball as well. Both sides should have trouble running the ball with these defenses. So like like we've both been saying already, it's going to be really on these quarterback shoulders to to win this game. Amon Ra should be getting a lot of targets in this one. Um, but yeah, I'm also going to be taking the 49ers. A McCaffrey touchdown and a Goff pick under pressure is ending this game. I'm calling it. <laughs> yeah, uh, so we're on a different page here. Uh, like I said, I am going with... You're on a different uh, page here, sir. <laughs> we're on a different page. Uh, I'm going with the Lions. Uh, I'm not changing that. Uh, I think that they're going to come out with a W. Uh, when it comes down to QB play, uh, last NFC Championship, uh, Brock Purdy, he got injured, so he didn't necessarily fold, but... Goff's been here before as well, and I think Goff, a better quarterback than Purdy, I think his his experience is going to make a difference. Over-unders at 51, so they're expecting a little bit of fireworks, uh, expecting them to move the ball despite the strong defenses. I'm hoping for some big plays out of both of them in an exciting mm-hmm. game. Last last game before the Super Bowl should be an exciting one. Hopefully it plays out that way. Yeah, hopefully I agree. Uh, I hope both of these games are exciting, even though I kind of want to see the Ravens completely trounce the Chiefs. Hopefully we at least get some excitement out of it, you know? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, these should both be good games. It should be fun, and by the end of the week, we are going to know who is in the 
the Super Bowl, and if the script is really out with the colors of that logo, it's it's very strange. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been that way every single year. So uh, since what, like for the last like seven years, it's been that uh, the colors of the Super Bowl. Has been that long? That's it. crazy if it's been that. I thought it was like three years, but still, it's pretty wild that <laughs> that that has been happening. If it's just a random occurrence, or if there really is a game script out there. Yeah, and uh, whoever the winners are this weekend, it um it will dictate what my Super Bowl menu. So we make the food of the teams that oh. are in this. Uh, if it's Kansas City, you're getting some barbecue. If it's uh, mm. Baltimore, maybe you get some crab cakes. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. That covers the conference games. Uh, good stuff, boys. Um, yeah. Josh, happy to have you on, bud. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Appreciate y'all. It's been fun. Thank you for yeah. getting me out of work for a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy to have you on. And uh, till next time, that is a wrap on another episode. Uh, as always, the best way to support the show, leave a rating or review on all platforms you listen on. And of course, by liking our show, make, make sure you subscribe to the Flea Flicker Show on YouTube. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on social media at Flea Flicker Show. And thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, we are signing off. Peace. Yep.